Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. The weird fish is still away this week and the powers that be have decided that Goody and Jim need someone to keep them in check. So I'm producer Tim Tim, presenter Tim this week. Get it? Get it, Goody? I do. Yeah. He's gone from behind the glass to in the glass. He's basically stabbing Andy Rowe in the back. The poor weird fish. He's coming in, look, he's coming in his best shoes, his best baggy jeans. Yeah, this is a proper job interview, isn't it? It's Stone Island. Is that, a stone, is that a Stone Island jumper? Stone, stone Island, Island. Is Real or is it Stone Island? <laughs> Pure Tim, real. it's great to have you in studio with us, not behind the glass. Thank you very much. Pulling faces at us. It's a bit like being a supply teacher, though. One week only, I promise. Not, not necessarily. Oh, really? Mate, we, got, we, we got to number one last week. We did. We did, so... No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. If, no pressure. Uh, if you do a good job, you know, eat a can of cat food, the job's yours, isn't it? Or dog food. You can be the dog food. Hey, hey. Take it up a notch. We'll vet you. Get it? Yay. Get it? See? As always, we're brought to you in proud partnership with our friends at Guinness. And we have our Guinness Six Nations live shows confirmed for 2019. The first one in London on the 30th of January is sold out already. But we'll be announcing another London date shortly, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And we're also heading to Edinburgh. Come on. Yes, we are. On the 6th of February. And Dublin on the 6th of March. Yeah. And there's a few tickets left for those. So check out eventbrite.co.uk for all the details and come join us at one of those if you can. Come join us. Come and join us. Come and enjoy the, the fun, the festivities. Oh, I can't wait to get booed in Edinburgh again. I'm really that, that one in Edinburgh that we did last year where we did back to back. Come on. Well, how good were them? How, oh, they're, how mate, they're good amazing. Were them I, I put on about five kilos over about five days. The amount of haggis, the amount of black pudding and wash down and with Guinness. A, wash down with a bottle of whiskey. Just Guinness. Just Guinness. And John Barkley coming again? John Barkley's definitely coming. He's definitely confirmed. Ex-Scotland captain. Ex, you, you horrible man. You Jim. edited out the ex the ex bit. And I was I told, being nice. No, it's a, no, hopefully he'll come back from his Achilles towards the end of the Six Nations. Fingers crossed he's back running. He's all over TV, isn't he? Yeah. Mate, he's good. He's good. Mate, he's very good. I like it. You know, obviously I like him, but I think on the television, he speaks a lot of sense and he's not scared to hold back a bit either, is he? No. Um, which for a current player, especially with his demeanour in terms of being the, as you said, Jim, the ex-Scotland captain, but potentially could be the future Scotland captain as well. Um, I, I love listening to him. Yeah, he's good. And he was awesome. Came on. How good was that last year that he came on? Week of the Calcutta Cup. And then go and put 100 points on England at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so Jong's confirmed. Yeah, so that'll be class with him up there. I think there's still a few tickets left. So head on down. Eventbrite.co.uk. There we yes. go. Right, how was your weekend? Jim, you were in Toulon, weren't you? I was in Toulon. Oh, mate, horrible place. Hard place to get to. Horrible place, isn't it? Stinks. I'm joking. Well, don't say that. No. I actually <laughs> got there and I was in a rush. I got into Marseille. Flight was delayed, everything. Transport was was not great. It was France. Did you enjoy my tweet in the morning? No, because that no, because what's saying that basically. I hope uh, I just said I hope everyone in Toulon welcomes Jim Hamilton as if they'd welcome me. Hamilton, oui, oui, le fatty goody, like that. And I'm saying, je ne sais pas. Where were you, Germany? Yeah, was it? Does that sound German? Il est pas bon mec, goody. Il est pas bon mec. And I think they were chanting around the stadiums by the end of it. So there was a few heated. Looks, I should say. Heated looks. How do you give a heated look? Well, basically looking at me like, as in I started evil, to feel You mean hot. evil looks? Yeah, I started to feel hot when they looked at me like, as in worried. Yeah. That I was going to have to go back to the old school. My legs started shaking a bit. I thought, right, we're going to have to go here. Scrappy dappy do. So, ended up just staying in. I, di- I didn't want to go out, so I stayed in the hotel all night. So, cheers <laughs> for that, Goody. Great Mate, weekend. If the, uh, if the fellow that does the Pilu Pilu, if he offers you out, it, no. No. What's reckon. it called? Pilu Pilu. Pee-woo, pee-woo. Pee Woo Yeah, I mean, P and Woo, P and Woo, I think it's called. Cool. <laughs> Is that what you're screaming? P and Poo or something like that. But yeah, um, if he offers you out, nah. 
Well, he's a, he's a nut job. There was a big scrap going on outside the stadium, uh, tear gas being thrown around, and apparently it was for Macron. And I thought it was a protest against the Edinburgh kit sponsor Macron. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I was like, "What? what's the issue with Macron? And obviously... It's something to do with the Prime Minister. President or Prime Minister? French President. President. President yeah. or pri- President? President. Yeah, French President, President Macron, okay. who's married his school teacher, who's 25 years older than he is. But it was the, 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 the issues with Les Gilets Jaunes, the yellow vests. They were all protesting in Paris about uh, taxes and all that malarkey and money handed out and blah, blah, blah. blah oh, blah. you're loving all this, aren't you? you? You're loving, literally, you're watching that unfolding and you're rubbing your hands together. Mate, France is an economy. Buggered. Oh, here he is, mate. <laughs> anyway, how was your weekend? Where were you? You in Dublin? I was in Dublin, thank yep. you very much. Yeah, yep. big game, test match intensity. Did you get out in the smash or? Too much work. Too so much Friday work. night, you sent me an email at 2am in the morning. I hope you liked it. Well, it was, you know, I was commentating on Saturday, uh, Montpellier against Newcastle. Oh my God, what an absolute hose in my old team got. It Not was, good. no, they're in a tough place. And they got too long this week, who were equally as garbage, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so you sent me an email at two o'clock with all the player profiles on. Do you ever Helpful. do you ever stop talking rugby, typing about rugby? Complete noise. Do you know them all off by out? So when you're sending these blogs that I don't even look at because <laughs> blogs, <laughs> they blogs. What are they? Player profiles. Player Jim. profiles. Well, I know them anyway. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, but don't you love the the notes that come through commentators' note and it will say something weird like Jim Hamilton has no Scottish blood, he's fully English, or Scotland have never lost when Jim Hamilton scored a try. I tell you what, talking of stats, I'm going to throw one out there today. So we've just done a thing for Matchpoint. And one of the questions was, between me and Goody, Premiership statistics. Who has won more Premiership games? No, it wasn't one more. Who has the better win percentage? So who has the better win percentage in the Premiership? Out of Jim Hamilton and Andy Good. I got asked the question. So there's me belittling myself again and thinking, well, they're obviously asking the question because Goody's win percentage is high. No! <laughs> it's me! You play for some good teams. Well, you, you sat on the bench for a lot of good teams. Doesn't matter. Doesn't um, matter, I mate. Played for, I played for Worcester and we were battling relegation, so of course I'm going to lose a few games, Jim. Well, doesn't matter. But so we my... also found a stat out. We're closing in on the Six Nations. Jim's Six Nations win percentage record. It's embarrassing, isn't it, Jim? Well, it's in the 20s, but... It's not in the 20s. We had Kelly Brown as captain. What's Six, it in it? 16%. <laughs> 16%. Six Nations win record. Oh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Six Nations later. Loads of other stuff to talk about. Absolutely. So we're not going to talk about Montpellier and Newcastle. Not the best game this weekend, but Edinburgh. Hashtag always. Oh, always Edinburgh. Hashtag. Give Cockers the England job post-World Cup. How good. Weirdly, well, maybe not that weirdly, I was in Cockers' house last Thursday. Mate. Yeah. Where? Mate, just throw back in Edinburgh. Were you? Yeah, just hanging about, just giving them some tips. And then, what's happened? Well, no, he came on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and they've not lost since, so <laughs> you do the maths. So, yeah, for me... Again, just mentioned about my experience over in Toulon as a commentator, but watching Edinburgh dispatch Toulon in the second half yep. was the thing of beauty. Uh, and I mentioned it on commentary, actually. I wasn't surprised. It wasn't one of them where I'm watching the game, I'm like, wow, this is a shock. This is a shock. Yes, it was a historic moment in terms of Edinburgh being the third team to, to beat Toulon in the European Cup and Edinburgh now looking to top their seed. Top their seed? Edinburgh looking to top the pool and being number one seed in their group. Is that right? Do you say well, if you top the pool, you are number one seed in your group. Jim. Yeah, but to get a home semi, that's what I mean. Sorry, home quarter. Topping your seed, home semi. <laughs> <something> <laughs> seeds, and seeds, and seeds and semis. What have you been doing? So I wasn't surprised is what I'm saying in, in seeing that performance of Edinburgh. Quick question though. Go on. Commentating up in Toulon. I'll never go back there probably now, but I did it there two years ago, I think, for uh, a Champions Cup game. Toulon against Sale. 
How long did it take you to get your breath back when you walked to the top of the steps to your commentary position? Yeah, it's... Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Tell the lungs that. Wheezing everywhere. And they're all smoking in the stands as well, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So, a couple of drags on that. Bit of tear gas <laughs> later, and then we're in. But you look at that performance from Edinburgh, and again, I've watched them a lot this season because I've commentated on them, because I am a big Edinburgh fan, as well as Leinster, and who else had a big one at the weekend? Saracens. Munster as well. Saracens. Um, but you look at that performance by Edinburgh, it was... It was awesome. And they actually didn't play very well in the first half. Discipline was poor. Mm. You know, Toulon scored a couple of a couple of pick and goos, but yeah, like that second half. Two words. Bill Matter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What about the offload? Ridiculous. Seem many better? It's, I mean Sonny Belasque, wouldn't it? But also the support line from James Johnston. Who was awesome as well. He Quality. looks like he looks like he's about twelve, but Unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, it was an awesome off turnover. Mamut Gorgogs, he knocks it on. Uh, and but Bill Matter, and I said it again. Uh, when I was doing the commentary, that he isn't a big offloader. Like, he's a hard-out carrier, which is weird for a sevens player. Like, he averages 20 carries a game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I had this conversation with Cockers in his kitchen while I was drinking a cup of tea, and I said to him, like, he must be one of the most sought-after players in Northern Hemisphere. And he's like, he is, but, you know, he's signed now, and obviously there's going to be approaches and stuff like that. But he said, if Edinburgh are going to be successful, which they are now, they, they need to keep, I mean, it's sort of stating the obvious... But I think with someone like Richard Cockrell in charge, he has now, with the team that he's built, got the ability to keep a player of that quality. Yeah, but if a big club comes along and turns his head, and there's no disrespect to Edinburgh at all, but say a bigger club comes along, like Racing, a Racing or a Claremont or something like that, and says to Edinburgh, here's half a million quid as a transfer fee yeah. slash paying off how long his contract's gone for, he's going to want to go, right? Yeah, but and that's no disrespect to Edinburgh at all. Where does he rank currently? In the list of number eights. I mean, he hasn't done it for as long as someone like Billy, but where does he rank in European rugby? Well, I mean, he's up there, isn't he? You know, the, those stats don't just happen by accident. And those, you know, those stats that he's got in terms of the ball carries, the impacts, the, you know, Troy assists, etc. that he's created. Um, it's not just one game that he's been that he's done this and everyone's like, geez, wow, how good is he? Yeah. He's done this, as Jim said, all season and last year as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. I mean, he, I think he was injured towards the back end or he wasn't as fit. And speaking to Nick Lumley, who needs a shout as well, the conditioning coach there, because this Edinburgh team are so well conditioned, are so well coached, and they just said, you know, Bill Matter's appetite to work and to learn is something that isn't always been in line with Sassy Islander style players. Uh, but yeah, so he, like you said, Goody, like beginning of the season, he was up in the 20s, carry, he was getting man of the match left, right and centre. Obviously the feed comes through on the French feed, so it's the French commentators that have given him man of the match at the weekend. But you look at that Edinburgh squad, they could have given it to a number of players. Darcy Graham, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk them up, there'll be some of the listeners out there, they'll be like, never heard of them. But now, Scotland did well last Six Nations, Edinburgh doing really well in both the Pro 14 and now the Champions Cup. Glasgow are obviously established, but the names aren't household names. I, you know, I want to change that. You know, everyone's heard of Hoggy, everyone's heard of Finn Russell, the Grey Brothers, you know, your Jim Hamiltons. And, Who? <laughs> Never heard that last you one. You know, and John Barkley, we talk about him, but you look at players, you know, you mentioned James Johnson there in the centre, you know, Matt Scott, Mark Bennett, two Scotland established centres are injured. You know, you look at the kind of quality that they've got, but under the radar, that's what I'm saying. There's no surprise for me that Edinburgh are in the driving seat. Well, in their pool anyway. They are in the driving seat, but we, we spoke about it here weeks and weeks and weeks ago, just about who's going to qualify for the quarterfinals. And I tipped Montpellier yes, to win the did. group. You did. So it all comes down, what a group that is now though. It all comes down to that last game. Edinburgh could conceivably be on 19 points and not make 
the quarterfinals. And I, I don't I don't want to bring a negative spin on anything because sometimes I do that. But, well, you are kind of a little bit. I mean, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a it's a massive game, isn't it? Montpellier up at Edinburgh. Will the French travel? They were pretty special at times against Newcastle. You know, they rested a few boys as well. Vern Cotter heading. Oh, I don't want to say heading home because it's more my home than his home. Nathan Hines as well. Exactly. He's on the coaching staff down there. So it's a it's a it's a hell of a ding dog. And Montpellier. If you put both teams on a piece of paper next to each other and looked at the, the quality from both teams, you'd say, it's purely on paper, Montpellier should win. But I'm back in Edinburgh, always Edinburgh. Hashtag. Well, we can have a chat about that famous win for Edinburgh at the weekend at the Stade Mayol and look ahead to this week's game against Montpellier with second row Grant Gilchrist. How are you, Grant? Hi, lads. All right. How's it going? Aye, we aye, great, mate. How are you doing, eh? Yeah, that, uh, not bad. Aye, not bad, yeah. So that's Goody's um, Scottish accent. That wasn't accent, a bad accent, was it? That was, that was quite good, actually. Gilco's got a proper yeah. Scottish accent, by the way, haven't you, yeah. Gilco? Yeah, I've got a slightly less English one than Jim's. <laughs> Where were you born, Gilco? Uh, Stirling. Ah, okay, so you're proper Scottish. Jim's plastic Scottish. Exactly. Uh, Gilco, proper Scottish, mate. And, and uh, for Scotland, what a win that was as well at the weekend. Um, you know, Cockers in the lead-up to the game spoke about it being the biggest achievement, uh, you know, for Edinburgh, probably in the cl- club's history. You've been there a while now. I know there's a game this weekend, but just looking back on that game, how, how has it been, like, you know, that famous win down in Toulon? Yeah, no, we were, we were delighted with it. You know, I was really proud of our performance, I think. We couldn't have had a worse start going to the Mayo where the boys were really excited, you know, Cock has been at us all week, you know, got to start well and uh, we couldn't have had a worse start and I dropped the kick off and then we missed about three tackles and they scored within a minute and we were thinking, Christ, this is not, this is not the way we want to start the game, but yeah, you know, it just shows how far we've come that we can, you know, bounce back from that and put in, you know, a really good performance away from home and we put ourselves in a, in a really good position now and, you know, Friday night speaks for itself, it's going to be massive and, you know, we're really excited about it. And you said um, Cocker's was getting into you before the game and t- hear- hearing from him all week. Obviously, it meant a lot to him as well, having coached at Toulon, uh, even though it was on a short-term deal. What sort of things is he saying to you before the game? I've been in change rooms and gym has with Cocker's where he rants and raves and really gets the juices flowing of the boys. Is he Was he like that pre-match Saturday? Yeah, he's always, you know, he's like, he always he always likes to, to get the boys up, but I think more he, he just wanted us to put our best performance out there and, and not get swept away by the crowd and the atmosphere and you know obviously you go you go away from home in France physically you have to be good and, and that's all you use buying on to us especially the boys up front you know we have to set a platform and we have to defend well and, and we did that and minus probably the start of the game but after that we, we controlled the game really well especially the second half you know we, we kept them down there and, and you know that was, it was really pleasing that we, we got the win and, and the way we did we saw some great tries and yeah, we're, we're really happy with how things went. And what's been the difference with Cockers being in charge? Like I said, you've been at Edinburgh a long time. You've seen a lot of changes, a few different coaches. I was obviously there with you, um, three or four coaches uh, before. But what's Cockers brought into this group that's been, kind of been different and a bit unique? Yeah, I think I think the the biggest thing about Cockers is the thing that I think he's not big. He's not big. He's not big. Well, he's not, he's, yeah, he's, he's certainly not big. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think. You know, he's honesty, he tells it as it is, you know, he got a lot of things sorted in, in the environment that, you know, probably weren't as, as good and as professional as they should have been. Um, and, you know, on and off the field, the club is in, in, in a much better place than it was. And, you know, we've had a, quite a lot of coaches coming in and out and, and not all of it was bad. You know, we, we did um, have a lot of things going, but I think 
just a fresh start under Cockers and you know you don't take any shit and you know we work really hard and uh, it seems to work for the group of players that we've got and just before Christmas you signed a new contract through till 2022 uh, first and foremost congratulations Kaching. Um but obviously yeah. Cockers has been a big part of that hasn't he with the direction the club's gone in and he's the sort of coach that you actually want to play for is that part of the reason you want to stay yeah, definitely. I think uh, for me personally, you know, I think before Cockers come in, I had a bit of a dip in form really, and I was coming back from a couple of injuries, and you know, he he was the one that he kind of laid it out for me. I'll put trust in you. I'm going to play you, but you have to you have to get it sorted, and you have to you know get back to your best. And I think over the last couple of years, he's got me playing better than I have before. And at the minute. I love the direction the, cl- the club is going in. I think we've, we've got a real opportunity to do something special in the next three years and to be part of that. And on a personal level, I feel like they're getting the best out of me as well and, and making me better, which is, you know, you can't ask for more than that. If the club's going in the right direction, you feel like individually you are as well, then, then that's a win-win. Yeah, Gilco, I just want to go back as well because we were obviously in the uh, the World Cup squad in 2015. And mate, let, the... it go, let it go, Jim. <laughs> yeah, let it go. Well, Gilco was going to be captain, mate. Are we... Nah. Well, I was in the trenches with you for that whole thing. It was, it was still probably, it was up there. It was the worst experience of my life, I think. Well, exactly, mate. Well, Swinnow was the same, but he just didn't do the training, but still went. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. But <laughs> You're not bitter at all. I know, but I just wanted to like ask a few things like personally about you, because you mentioned your injuries there, and there's obviously been a, a high-profile case in, in England with Billy Vanapola and his broken arm. But just talk to us about what happened with that, because it... The breaking your arm the way that you did and the way that Billy did it, it has its complications, isn't it? So just go through that kind of process and why it took so long to heal and the kind of complications with that as well. Yeah, I think 2014, I think maybe. Um, Vernon just announced me as captain for the for the autumn test and we had one um, one European game ago. It was Leon at home. And, um, you know, I just I went for a clear out, actually. And one of their players and one of our boys just came in at the same time and, I sandwiched my arm in between and he made contact with my arm and I, I broke both the bones in my forearm, which, you know, obviously it's gotten at the time and timing-wise couldn't have been much worse. I then, the, the troubles that was then was just the, the alignment of, I think when you break both bones, there's more of a chance that one of them doesn't heal properly or they don't get the angles quite right. So I ended up having to have it reopened again for one of the bones um, and replated, went through all that, managed to... To get back in for the World Cup, that must have been just pre-World Cup. Got back in for the World Cup, and then uh, third, second, or third game of the World Cup, went and tore my groin, which was just completely unrelated and just bad luck. I think when you've been out for quite a while, it tends to be the way that you, your first few games back are the kind of ones that things that tend to happen. And then you know, I got back from the groin, first game back from the groin away at, uh, at Ospreys, and I think it's probably similar to, to Billy. I'm not sure exactly what he's done, but I then refractured the forearm in the first game back, which was a real kick in the balls. And uh, from that point, that's where I had to, you know, really get my form back and and get my confidence back as well. Just from a point of view, your rugby, just because you haven't played a lot in a long time, and then I think from just having confidence in your arm, you know, as a as a forward, you're you're swinging your arms about. I'm not the most coordinated, so I tend to be all arms and legs at the best of times. So, um, slinging a big forearm about, I was more hazard to myself than I was to anybody else. So, um, yeah, I managed to, you know, get get well padded up and and you know, touch wood. It's been all right for the last couple of seasons. And then talking about, you say you're not that coordinated. Let's talk about someone that is very well coordinated and talk about Bill Matter's offload, which was absolutely ridiculous. First and foremost, has he taken offload school this morning at training to teach you all? 
rest of the forwards have to do that sort of skill. And how good was it? Uh, if I start doing things like that, cockers will drop me straight away. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stick to doing the, doing the donkey work and let him. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I was obviously no, not, not involved in the slayer, so I had, I had a great view of it from behind. And, uh, yeah, just absolutely magic. He's He's been you know, our best player, I think. He's got so many of those uh, Heineken Cup vases now. I don't know where he puts them, but he's been so consistent for us in the league, you know, week in, week out, uh, in, the, in the Champions Cup. And I think you, you see it over those kind of more high-profile games, but yeah, he's he's so consistent for us. He does, he, he has the magic, the Fijian, the, you know, the, the offload, but I think the thing about Bill is he, he does the hard yards as well. He carries uh, in traffic really well and gets us on the front foot and I think uh, the try of the weekend was, was very special, the offload, but I think uh, we Jimmy deserves a bit of credit for the take of the ball in, in behind and then to finish it from there, he's done, done well as well. Out of a line. Mate, top of the pool, you've got your your dad. Your dad's bringing the Montpellier <laughs> team over, mate. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on Friday. Mate, it's a, it's a six-day turnaround, which I find ridiculous in this day and age anyway, but... What what's been said this week? I mean, surely training can't be as intense, especially with the travel day that you've had. But you know, going into this game against Montpellier, you know, almost winner takes all. Permutations might say otherwise, but like, how's it been? Well, I mean, obviously, it's only been training today, but how's the build up to this week going to look? Yeah, I think I think you know, Cocker is is sensible enough. He knows that you know we travel back late. It was good we had a charter flight, so we got back earlier Sunday morning. Um, and then yeah, today's been really light. We've just been on recovery today and um, reviewed the game from the weekend, and then we'll have a, a lighter day than than usual. But then you know we we always like to prepare well under under cockers. You know that yeah, you know, if you prepare in the same way each week, then we kind of get a bit of consistency that way. But I think that tomorrow, hopefully, especially with the boys that have uh, played at the weekend. Uh, hopefully tomorrow will be a bit lighter and then uh, yeah it's peace for ourselves Friday night is massive it's a great opportunity for us to to bring a big team to to VT Murrayfield hopefully we can get a big crowd and uh, you know it's been yeah we've we've had some sort of good run of form last kind of month couple of months I think it's six in a row so uh, we've got to take the confidence but know that you know we're playing a massive team with, with a lot of quality at the weekend so if we're not at our best, then it's going to be out with our hands, and we certainly don't want that. We want to make sure that that we get the job done on Friday night. Well, I've heard through Cockers as well that he said tomorrow, being Tuesday, the day the podcast gets released, you might be doing tops off mauling, mate, just to make sure that you're all. <laughs> <laughs> that I would really... be surprised, mate. Nothing, nothing would surprise me. A little ten minutes of live tackle or something like that would be all right. Just a quick one on Scotland before you go, Grant. Uh, the squad for the Six Nations is announced on Wednesday. Uh, so good luck with that. And um, there's so much competition now, isn't there, in Scotland, uh, especially in the second row. Jim won't get a look in now, would he? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. There's always been competition in the second row. Right? <laughs> since since I've started, when I since I first come come in, it was it was big Jim and and Al and Richie and then uh, you know Jim and Al. Uh, retired and then Johnny and Toulis and Swinnell have come through so uh, you know, it's always a battle and you know if if you're not at your best you, you don't get picked or I certainly don't get picked so you know I, I know the, the, the competition makes me better and um, across the board you know the Scotland squad now is is a hell of, you know the competition is huge for places and um, you know I've sent a lot of guys in the Edinburgh squad that have been putting their hand up and uh, yeah no, we'll, we'll wait and see the team Gregor picks and yeah 
hopefully um, I can be involved. Mate, you're in. I've picked it already. You're in. <laughs> in, answer to, in answer to your question, Gilco, I'll, I'll still still have a look in, mate. I'm just answering it for you. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no chance. Well, good luck with that squad announcement on Wednesday, Grant. Yes. And uh, thanks ever so much for joining us. Great win at the weekend. And uh, good luck this weekend against Montpellier. No worries. Cheers, guys. Cheers, ha- mate. Hashtag always Edinburgh. Hashtag always Edinburgh. Always Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Cheers, lads. Cheers, pal. Decent chap, eh? Good lad. Oh, mate, you know, and, and this is the thing where you talk about, and it, well, you don't talk about composition for place in your position because a lot of the time you end up really good mates with, I don't know what is, yours is a is a single position in, in obviously being a 10 on the yeah. pitch, but your locks normally stick together, your props stick together. And you have to you hug each other getting down. Well, there you go. And then you have to put your head up someone's ass. I yeah. mean, what a job. Mate, I know. There you go. But I found a Scottish player that respects you, Jim. It's quite nice. Mate, he's, he's you know he's a, he's a lovely bloke and he is a quality player. Yeah, I'm is. not just saying that because I've I've you know obviously passed on the baton if you like, whether or not I want to pass it on to to guys like Gilco because you know ultimately that 2015 was my last involvement and I was up for competition with the two grey boys, Gilco, and I was probably vying for that fourth spot and. That fourth spot turned out to be given to Swinnow, and that's what you know. Or, or, yeah, no, not that I'm bitter, but but he got injured in the World Cup, didn't he? Like he said, he's, was it his groin? Did he, he say? Yeah, yeah. So he, he pulled and then they, his groin. They, they picked another second row, didn't they? <laughs> well, I pulled out of the squad, yeah, so no, yeah. In hindsight, could have got us into the semi-final. But the reason I asked about his broken arm was because he went through a torrid time, and we're seeing that with guys like Billy. You know, whether there's a, you know not a genetic imbalance. I mean, I've no no idea about you know how these things work, but. You know, his career was at the absolute peak, and we probably never mentioned it there, that he got offered a contract at Toulon to go there. He was going to be Scotland captain, and then all of a sudden breaks his arm, mm. and everything changes. Yeah, it's brutal sport yeah, at times. Talk about it? timing. So. Good lad, though. We'll get into some more of the Champions Cup action now, but don't forget, if you want to see how good his New Year's resolution of getting in shapes... Well, no. I've nearly joined the gym again, maybe next week. Or how tired Jim looks after his weekend in Toulon. I am pretty tired, to be honest. You or wa- how good you look with your baggy jeans and your brand new shoes and taking Andy Rowe's job. You can watch the show on rugbypass.com as well. Right, let's go from Edinburgh to Glasgow. And there could well be two Scottish teams in the quarterfinals and only one English side, maybe. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm there so might be no Scottish. There might be no Scottish teams. All right, mate. I hate to say it, but there might be. There might be one English and no Scottish. You don't hate to say it at all. <laughs> hashtag uh, Warrior Nation. That's Glasgow's hashtag. You know, are you Warrior Nation? No, you're hashtag always Edinburgh. Well, if they win, if they beat the Saracens at the weekend, they might be. I don't think they will, but I'm just saying if they do, I just jump on the bandwagon. Uh, I want Saracens to win. Okay, because you're English. Because the players Saracens win okay. two European Cups, I want to see them go on to three. So. But Glasgow will be cheering on Edinburgh at the weekend because a win for Edinburgh will guarantee the Warriors a quarter-final spot. Really? Absolutely. Mate, you blow my mind. This is why you're here. That kind of knowledge. Thank you. Didn't re- not realise that's the case. So, Edinburgh, win. Yep. Glasgow. Glasgow. Qualify. Lose. They can still qualify. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you're right. All Glasgow fans will be supporting Edinburgh on Friday night. So, hashtag everyone in Scotland is always Edinburghing. Yes, they are. Blues put up a good fight, but uh, George Horn, another try for him, sealed it. I'm horny. Horny, horny, horny. What a song that was. Remember that? Yeah, of course I do. How good? Do, do I remember that? that? Do you play it to him? Do they play it to him now when he scores well, in Glasgow? I imagine he's a bit young, isn't he? But that was going to be me and my wife's wedding song. But she didn't Stop! Moose <laughs> <laughs> exactly. tea, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. God, this is why you're here. I mean, Moose you don't get tea. out much, do you? You literally sit in front of your laptop, doing rugby stuff, listening to music with your pants down. Only Moose tea. The song, yeah. horny, horny, horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, Glasgow, yeah, good win. Cardiff nearly came back. Yeah. Close at the end, wasn't it? It was, mate. Josh Navidi scored a try on the wing. I was thinking, oh, here we go. So Glasgow have got Saracens at the weekend. Saris, big win at Leon. Only team 
to make it through with a round to spare. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You watched it, didn't you, Goody? I watched it hungover. Yeah. I trapped the kids into the lounge. I was like, fill your boots. I'm watching the rugby and, you know, play with whatever tools you want. No nanny at the weekend. It's nanny off. The mother-in-law stayed over Saturday okay. night. Gave me a line till about 10. How hard is it with twins, with kids and all that, with a hangover? Like that, just eat this chocolate, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing they're running up with the warm projectile vomiting all over the TV. <laughs> but yeah, no, watched it. I always expected Saracens to win. Leon started pretty well and they looked up for the fight, but then a few things just went Saracens' way, didn't they? You know, Tompkins scores that first try off Mako's little tip on, but then ref didn't check. Schalk, burgers, clear out. Yeah, I saw that. That's well, fairly well, obvious, wasn't yeah, it? Why don't you at it? On Twitter. Why didn't I at it? Yeah, why don't you, why don't you take a picture of you two hung over? <laughs> get involved. I was like, oh, mate. Oh. He's not on Twitter anyway. Um, I don't think it's, it's not, for me, it's not a red card. It's a clear out where he's lifted his leg. Okay. No force. It's a yellow and it shouldn't have been a try. But, you know, Saracens still win that game. Alex Goode, Eddie, are you okay? Still not picking him. We'll, see, so, we'll find he, out this week, won't we? Thursday, the English gets announced. Is he in? I don't think he is, no. Oh, he's um, so good. Get he it. was quality, wouldn't he? Got it. Well, speaking of incidents, what do you make of Mario's yellow card? I didn't think it was yellow card. Really? Again, it was because it was done at speed. Yeah. And it almost seems, and I was a man who used to love knocking, knocking a ball out of the nine's hands, which I didn't think Marrow did. He almost pulled the ball back. You can't slap a ball out of the nine's hands. Was it Andrew Brace, the referee? Yeah. He, um, I think he was just getting annoyed and it was a couple of penalties on the spin that led to Marrow getting sin. But an interesting sequence of events, shall we say, for that play, because Marrow slaps the ball out of his the nine's hand, but just before, there was the stamp, wasn't there, from... Albertus Buckle. I mean, that's what the best name. That's the best name in in rugby. Isn't Alberto it? Buckle. Albertus Buckle. Oh, we'll call him Alberto. Yeah. But I, I, and I can say, I'm not condoning it at all. But Big Willie, Little Willie's hit someone high, like a seat belty swinging arm. Nothing more than the penalty. And Albertus Buckle's gone mad, seen it, thrown his hands in the air, and said he's having it on his knee. Yeah, I, I, I thought that should have been a red card. The deliberate stamp. It was hardly a stamp. I mean, it was, it was, it was, no, no, no. But I know it's hardly a stamp. But you can't put boot. On body anymore. Yeah, I anywhere. know. I know. I, I know what you mean. But I'm looking at it. There's no real force. It's premeditated. I'm going to go and stamp on him. Yeah. And, and he went stamp, slide down. I don't know. It's an argument between a, a red and a yellow. Isn't it crazy how, like, you know, I know it sounds so old school. Four years ago. You could river down something. Literally, down you are back. flying in. It, <laughs> when you're mauling someone's trying to sack you, you are literally slippering them <laughs> like you've never seen in your life. And that, But obviously that's very different to rooking someone out and clipping them with your boot. Like, he's gone in there and stamped on them. If it's someone's knee... Imagine he stamps on his knee. Is it still a yellow card? And I'm not saying that the punishment should be uh, based on the injury. But imagine he stamps on his knee and pops his ACL. He's out for nine months, but you've got a yellow card. Is that play on? At, at Albert, Albertus Buckle? I don't know how Albertus Buckle play at, on, Leon. About Buckle. <laughs> well, we can speak to one of uh, Saracen's leading lights at the weekend. George Cruz is on the phone. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Yourself? Not bad, thank mate, you. Mate, lead, leading lights. You just meant to say, George, you meant to just say you just went about your business quietly, mate. <laughs> All right, Jim, mate. So where are you? You're in a conference room with Big Dom Date? Yeah. Okay, what are, you, what are you doing? What's going on? Why are you in a conference room together? We're actually in our, our packing office. of. Uh, we started a company called 4-5 um, CBDO, so we're, we're giving that a shoot. How's that going? Does it help you lose weight or not? Because I'm, I'm struggling there, to be honest. <laughs> it, it might be able to. 
We'll find <laughs> out. It might be able to. Well, I'm the, I'm the guinea pig at the minute, but I wanted to ask uh, one question, Cruzo. I, I, I don't know if Dom Day is going to think it's a plan, but why is it called 4-5? Can I just ask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did dabble with 4-19, mate, but that didn't work. 4-24 as well these days, and that didn't go either. Before we talk about business, yeah. let's talk about the business on the field yesterday. Obviously, the boys, the boys, I sound like I'm still part of the Wolfpack. Yeah, give it up, mate. Give it, it was <laughs> years ago, that. I know. Do you still feel a little bit guilty for the condition of my body and how my career ended or not? What, I'm giving you two European Cup medals? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, enough about me anyway. Enough about, uh, more about you, boys. So, you're qualified now. How's it, how's it been? What's been said? Yeah, um, pretty pretty happy with that. Yesterday was a, a lot better example of how we want to play. Um, you know, in the last few weeks, we've, we've lost a few games, but we've, we've won a fair few games in the start of the season, but probably not playing to... To where we want to be, so um, yeah, well, I think we we played well yesterday, and we'll definitely look to build on that on the on the weekend. And then obviously we were just chatting about it before, but the little stamp from Albertus Buckle on Big Willie Little Willie's knee, that wasn't yeah. on, was it really? No, I, I think um, I, I didn't actually I didn't see it on the replay. I was, I was trying to gasp for air too much, but um, <laughs> apparently it was wasn't that great. Um, what what do you make of it? Oh, it's, I, I think the way the game's going, and listen, you boys obviously in the in the boiler room, um, you don't need that in the game anymore, do you? And we've seen some instance over the last few weeks. For me, it's a preconceived, pre-planned stamp uh, after he's seen a high tackle, so he's gone after him. I think he should have been red carded, but the way we are in this game now, no one knows what's going on. That must be hard for you boys as well, especially you two are giants of the game in terms of your height. How hard is this whole tackle law uh, and, and the changes that are coming in for, for boys like yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm mainly soak tackling, so uh, I hit probably the back of their legs. But um, yeah, someone like Will Skelton, who's six foot eight, you know, someone ducks into him and he he, he tackles quite chest and and quite high like that anyway. So it's it's a, it's a tough one. I think we got what three pens in a row with a with a warning for a yellow on the next one yesterday. So it's tough. You have to go real real low if you're a tall lad. None of the Sekros can um, can get very low. The weekend mainly because we do all our cruisers jumps during the week. <laughs> He's not training again, is he? Oh, <laughs> so, so the weekend's very tough, so we get a few uh, high tackles, penalties, and it's all cruiser to blame. So, Dom, how are you finding that? Because you've obviously came in to fill a huge void um, <laughs> since my retirement. Are you finding it as difficult as I did? Obviously, doing all the training, and then basically, if you're up by 15, you get a five-minute trot at the end. So, how have you found your time at Saracens? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a bit of a shock to the system when I first got here, mate. Uh, straight, straight in the end of the surgeon's knife after a few sessions of Cruiser. Um, <laughs> how is this joke ongoing? <laughs> ah, mate, it's, uh, it's been good. Um, it's a good bunch of boys to be involved with. Um, it's, a, it's a tough position in the old second row these days with uh, Maro, George, and uh, Big Woody Skelton. So. Yeah, like you said, I'm just happy to get 15 minutes at the end every now and then. So, guys, you, you've flown through the pool stages this season, but you uh, scraped through last season. Did you kind of speak about the need to not put yourself in that same position before the pool stages this season? Um, not really. I think last year we had a fair, around this sort of time, we had a fair few injuries. And again, we weren't really playing our, our best sort of rugby. Uh, we've, we've come through this phase uh, with, a, with a few more wins than we did at the end of this season. At this point, but now we, we we didn't we haven't really spoken about. It. We just want to put good performances and 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 back them up really. Uh, and like I said at the weekend, I thought we we had the energy and and kind of 
the stuff that you want from a game, we, we had that at the weekend. And then, uh, obviously, you spend a bit of time with Jim now, quite a lot of time, too much time with Jim now, actually. Jack and Ori Jim, I like to call him. Um, he's got nicknames for everyone, and he talks about body parts of people. Um, he says that everyone calls you Willie Nose. That's Harrison's. Is that true or not? Because I don't believe him. I think you've got a beautiful nose. <laughs> I think that's a bit of Jack and Ori Jim. <laughs> Mate, that was actually Goody made that name up for you anyway. Uh, Cruzo, anyway, let's talk about why you're in the office. <laughs> oh, straight to flex. CBD, 4-5, uh, where did it come from? Well, I know where it come from. Your guilt basically transcended across to, to Dom Day, but just talk us through the, the business concept and where you are now. Yeah, mate, like you said, a uh, couple of injuries towards the start of last year gave CBD a go and it turned out to be um, saving grace, really. Got me back on my feet. Cruzo gave it a go as well when he had uh, his, his ankle operation. So we just had the chat, decided to make a business out of it and give it a go. And here we are now. We've got four or five CBD oils, balms and tinctures. Find us at 45cbd.co.uk. Nice, oh, yes, nice. Well played. <laughs> but, in ter- but in terms of um, like questions that people are asking, and obviously players, yeah. and we, get, we, you boys get drug tested um, a lot now. Uh, are you conscious um, or you know fully that it's clear of any of these things that will flag up in the kind of drug tests? Yeah, so in, in the next two, three weeks, we're bringing out a complete flatline zero THC product um, and we're going to get that tested to the max so um so yeah we can we can really provide you know sports people athletes not just rugby players but any any athletes that get tested uh, there's a load of kind of military people that get tested as well so a, a wide range of anyone who else has a drug test really as part of their job and we're going to present them with with some good facts and um yeah and some some real real thoroughly tested products and Cruz, obviously your career has developed magnificently well from working with Jim Hamilton and, and watching yeah. what not to do in the second row. But I actually worked with a couple of lads uh, in my real job at Money Corp uh, from Dorking Rugby Club, which yeah. is where you uh, you first started out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Do you get my back down thoughts. there much at all or do you go and say hello to the boys? Yeah, no, I do. I was down uh, Christmas Eve, had a few shandies. I, I try to get down there as much as I can. My, my brother still plays in the 30 Bird Thirds. So yeah. um, I think they've actually got a... a an eight from eight winning record. If you want to do a shout out to them, yes, George, George Evans yeah. from Dorking Rugby Club absolutely loves you, George Cruz. Yeah, the governor. He's obsessed with you. <laughs> no, he's a good lad. I like him a lot. He is, and he makes me look slim. So it's happy days. And you mentioned as well, Cruz. <laughs> you said you had a couple of shandies um, Christmas Eve. Did you have Christmas off this year again or not? Like, what was the crack? <laughs> Dom, Dom, you can answer that. <laughs> no, I think I mean, it's, it's gone full circle. Mauer actually had it off, so I was there in the trenches. Just looking ahead, the England squad's uh, named this week. Looking forward to maybe being in that. Are you in? Are you in Are you or in? not? I don't know. Well, we'll find out. When, when's it named? Wednesday? Oh, Wednesday. Oh, you know, <laughs> mate. mate. you can't. 25 and 25 and 25. Mate, if you're, you know, you might be in, mate. You might be in a couple of injuries. But let's just talk about the other Goody, the real Goody, Alex Goode. Um, yeah. Look, you can speak frankly, mate, because we're basically going to sell millions of CBD vessels for you. So speak yeah. frankly about Goody. How good a player is he? And are you as shocked that he's not in this England squad? I mean, unless something drastically changes with him and Eddie, I can't see him yeah. being in it again. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not here to give you headlines, but um, he's, a, he's a class player. You know, he's a proper professional as well. Um, he enjoys the time off the field, but he's, he's, a, he's a proper professional when he's in the club. And um, and yeah, he still hasn't gone into a room without being called Andy Goode. So I think it's about... Oh, poor the, bloke. <laughs> he's got a decent... Hey, so gives him another England cap. He's got a decent piece as well, eh? No comment. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, 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 decent piece, yeah. Cheers, Dom. I knew you would, mate. That's what we do. The lads on the, out, on the outside, they just, they just say how it is. But mate, it's a family trait, that is, so it's fine. 
Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. family's right, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, George. Thanks ever so much for coming on, and uh, good luck this weekend against Glasgow. Cheers, Dom. Thank you very Cheers, much. Cheers, Cruiser. Cheers, Cruiser. CBD. Cheers, Dom. CBD.co.uk, yeah. four five, whatever it is. Happy days. I'll, I'll get it on. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, lads. Have a good one. So the headline was from Cruiser there that basically everyone in the England squad thinks Alex Good should be in that England <laughs> team, and Eddie, are you okay? Is making an absolute farce out of team selection and squad selection. He picks on form though, so uh, obviously Alex Good isn't on form. I've no idea. Said no one ever. I have no idea. But we'll give Cruzo and Dom Day's uh, company a shout out. Yeah. Four five CBD oil, and I'm taking it. I'm yeah. taking some of his. Adam Ash has got a company as well, and he said it might be able to help me lose weight. So anything will do. It's a big shout. That's the thing because well, you're going to be you're just going to rely solely on CBD oil. Can you drink it? You do. Does it taste, <laughs> does it taste good? You do. Well, it tastes good in a can of Coke. <laughs> I think so. Just a quick one before we move on. Uh, Mark McCall said the Leon win felt like the old Saracens. What, what did he mean by that? And do you agree? More energy. You could hear from watching commentary. You could hear the chat between the players on the pitch, bouncing around. Just a lot more energy, I think, defensively, more physical. I know we've picked up on Scott yeah. Burgers clear out, but you look at how they were clearing breakdowns away in Leon. It's tough traveling on a Sunday go in there but to be the yeah. first team to qualify oh, mate, that was the Saracens that you expect because we've become so used to it you know that's not undermining what they've done because who didn't turn on the TV on Sunday see Leon playing Saracens and not expect Saracens to win Billy's back Mako set up two tries with little tip on one tip on one ball on the inside to Jackson Ray Liam Williams is fit uh, obviously Farrell at 10 you know you've got Marrow back you've got obviously Cruzo there as well Jamie George back from his holiday you know that is a very good Saracens team and okay they've had a couple of tough results over the last few weeks and do you know what the game at Sale where things didn't go their way and you know we talked about in the pod last week didn't we Sale did to Saracens what Saracens do to other teams in terms of bullied them a little bit uh, won the battle of the breakdown bought line speed and intensity in defence it's not a bad thing for Saracens to have that mini blip because it refocuses the mind and especially you know going away to Leon and a big game against uh, Glasgow this weekend they know they win that they're number one seeds probably, aren't they? Um, and then the boys all go off for the Six Nations. So it'll be, you know, feel good. That the boys sound happy. Um, you know, they've come through a tough stint where they have lost to Exeter away and Sail away. And sail, away scr- sail away, sail away, sail away. Hey, hey, sail away. But, you know, they're in a good place now. Call it. Alex Good, the real good. Please stand up. England why, why, squad, yes or no? Why the real good? Well, because he's currently playing. He's fast. He's lean. He's got his own hair. He calls himself... I've got my own hair. I've just moved it around. Um, he calls himself Alex Good, though. He doesn't want the association. A poor bloke as well. <laughs> Even he said it. He walks into a room and gets called Andy Good. Poor, poor bloke. Poor bloke. Sorry, Alex. I know you listen to the pod. Is he going to be in or not? Is he going to be in the England squad? Everyone in this world except Teddy Jones thinks he should be. Absolute which means he's not going to be. Jokes, so, Phil. It's a joke. Um, I'd have Alex Good in the squad every day of the week. And for everyone, I said something on Twitter about it the week, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're sticking up for your brother. We ain't related, people. <laughs> we are not related. But from an impartial point of view, how he's not in the squad, and who knows. But we'll find out on Thursday. Eddie might just see sense at some point. And we'll get back to the Champions Cup in a minute, but while we're on the England squad, lots of people talking about the likes of Ollie Thorley, Alex Dombrant, too soon for those guys? People like John O'Ross, Don Armand, Sam James, Ryan Mills. Any new faces or not? Um, it's hard to call with Eddie Jones, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it that's is. the thing. Like, you you look knows? at it, you, you could probably write a list down of the guys that are in form that he says he picks on. You know, we talked, we spoke about Alex Don Brandt last week. I'm a big fan of Ryan Mills. You mentioned his name there. And you go through a list of guys that are on form and the likelihood is that most of them probably won't be 
in the England squad. No. He kind of reverts to type, doesn't he, and what, what he goes back to. But I'd like to say there'll be some surprises, and the surprises are some of those players that you mentioned, Alex Gude, Don Armand, etc., etc. But no, I can't see I can't see Eddie making too much. Successful autumn that. campaign. I, I don't see it changing. You know, people are going to crave for Cipriani for some of those players, Alex Gude, players that we mentioned. But um, Eddie just does what Eddie wants to do. Yeah. Speaking of the latest England squad, I caught up with Danny Cipriani recently, the latest in my big breakfast series. So we thought we'd give you a quick taste of what we chatted about. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Are you harnessing the frustrations of missing out on previous World Cups to say, you know, right now, um, there's no way I'm going to miss out on this World Cup in Japan and I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to, to prove to everyone that A, I deserve to be there on merit uh, and B, I will get picked by hook or by crook. Yeah, that's, 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 that's obviously in terms of me controlling everything you just said there, that's like my mindset and how I've got to um, make sure that I'm taking control of that and, and, you know, that's and maybe why I had this little injury here to make sure I, you know, reflect and, and, and address everything and then make sure I can come out of it physically in a better position to drive uh, for the end of the season. Um, so for me, it's just making sure I get myself right and, and go out there and leave the best version of myself. So, you know, you're putting your hands up and that's all everyone can do. And that's what, if we've got 50 players making it impossible to not get get to not get picked, then we are going to be in a great position come to the World Cup. And like, personally, obviously you want to be involved but it's got for me it's about the collective right now of what I can do at Gloucester and then those personal things perhaps will come so um like you you feel it here already like it's such a great place to be involved um at Gloucester so if we can drive this team and get into the playoffs and if we can go as far as we can and keep improving keep getting better then that is going to be huge satisfaction but also going along the right path of actually trying to make a world cup year this relationship you got with Eddie Jones um he mentioned it before the tour to South Africa, about you know if Danny Cipriani is pulling his weight on tour, I'm sure he'll be a brilliant addition. And if he's not, we'll put him on the first plane home. Um, he's then also said things like, "I've told Danny what he needs to work on." Do you get a little bit frustrated with people making up what they think Eddie Jones is saying or doing? And I'm guilty of it myself in the press saying that you should be in the team and and you know, what you've done. And what has he said to you about what you've got to work on? Are you okay talking about those things to, to get you in the squad or is it yeah, I've, something I, that's private between you and Eddie? Yeah, there's there's things that are private, but it, it's not like there's a massive list of things. It's just more in terms of like your your, your energy and how you can and, and keep leading and te- some technical points. And that's what you have to do and you have to respect that. And that's exactly where I'm at. And it, the, the, the only frustration comes when people start questioning this and um, things like... Uh, Oh, is he a good team man? Is he all, all that? Th- those things come, you know, and all, all anyone, you know, you would have been involved in rugby for how long and how many people would you say are genuinely not a good team? And it's not really in the DNA of, of rugby. People want to win. And I've been in some difficult situations where I've not been involved in squads like that 2015 World Cup, but I try to leave the best version of myself out on the field and in and around the team and be a positive addition. And you just have to keep repeating that until at some point you get an opportunity and then you've got to try and take it with both hands. But then you also got to look within and think, how can I be better? How can I go and do things better? So that's why I think everything that's set up is for me this year to make sure I can try and put everything into place and and give myself the best opportunity and 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 then see see how it pans out. Pod 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 rugby pod. If you enjoyed that, just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod and sign up to hear the full episode and access a load of other great content, all for just a few quid a month. So Saracens are through, but the only other English team left in the hunt, Exeter. What do you make of them at the weekend? I can't believe they're still in it. After the first Lazarus, f- isn't it? And here's a stat. 
Go on. Through watching the commentary, which would then have been reverse engineered to have come from Tim. First team to lose their first three games that can potentially qualify still. And they didn't lose their first three games. What did it, to they, not, they not drew, win. They drew any. their first game oh, against Munster. It's a good effort. Go. Oh, nearly. Okay. Good effort, yeah, Jim. Fine, good I'll effort. take it. I'm getting better. Yeah. yeah. There's only a couple of teams that have done it after losing their first two. So, you know. I know. I, I mean, I happen, my mind. Be, I happen to be one of those teams. What? Wasps. Wasps. We lost our first two games. Mate, what's happening there? And still qualified for the <laughs> is, quarters. Is, is the ship steadied or not? Oh, like, has it or not? We're has not it stepped? Shut up, Jim. Has it? Has it steadied? Yeah. But they're out of it, so we're not talking about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Of course, yeah. Don't worry about that. Jack Noel, though. Man of the match. Amazing. First European try. You wouldn't Couldn't think it would Hell of a try as well. How bad's the defence, but hell of a try. <laughs> Mate, I mean, you say how bad. He did finish bloody well once he's broken through. He's walked through as opposed to broken through. Mate, they thought Eminem was coming through. <laughs> Smack <laughs> that all on the floor. Oh, that's Akon. Uh, that is Akon. No, no, he, he was great. Slade was great as well. Um, obviously, you know, Jack Noel came to the live show in London just before Christmas, next about five pints on stage, and that's what happens. You first came back, you're a hero. Wore a pair of leggings. <laughs> were they leggings he had on or not? Leggings were, were turned up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. weird. Like, I mean, I'm not down with fashion. <laughs> I'm a bit. But no shit. Soho, but he's wearing leggings that were turned up, yeah. wearing a rucksack and a budgie smuggler Christmas jumper <laughs> with blonde dyed hair. I mean, he looked fit to me, to be fair, <laughs> which is slightly weird, but there we go. My favourite thing about Exeter is when I used to go down there, and they still do it now. So whenever I used to go down there, there's a guy that stands on the door um, of the tunnel. And whenever I played, he always used to give me a Cornish pasty after the game, which sounds weird because <laughs> it's in Devon, but they give me a pasty. And now I go down there and do any commentary, he still provides me with a pasty. So I love them. That's well, why I, I love I, I think that, that he's a feeder then, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Often doing that. I love, just love going down there as well. They used to sh- chant my name. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. Jim, Jim, Jim. That's what they shout, don't they? When you're running um, around. Is that what it is? No, Jimbo Chop. Oh, do, do. oh, that's the one. Do, do, do. Jim, Jim, Jim. <laughs> well, the Chiefs win sets up a mouthwatering clash at Toman Park. Mouthwatering? Mouthwatering. Okay. Oh. How good were Munster against Gloucester? Did not see that coming. Or how bad were Gloucester? Both. Yeah. And Munster were very good, though. Hey, what about all that stuff about Colin Murray? There was all the speculation in the Irish media whilst he was injured. There was rumours of They drugs. extended it. Drugs? Yeah. Jim, you horrible man. I'm just stating what I read. Was it in the media, was it? Yeah, anything in that? I don't know. Um, nothing has come out. Nothing's been officially released from the RFU or whatever. But like we say, there's no smoke without fire. Um, he's back fit, playing the game again. Um, and box kicking to the cow sheds and back. And what a box kick he's got. I don't think, Tim, you might be able to tell me otherwise because you love ruggers a lot more than I do ruggers I've never seen him get charged down and I've played against Colin Murray a few times and charged downs you know amongst a few other things was one of my specialities and I analysed him quite a lot great hair great looking man by the way great is that your analysis yeah that, was my, yeah that was my <laughs> analysis very hard to charge down and yeah. everyone speaks about it him and Wigglesworth probably the two two best uh, yeah well they, definitely they are I mean, Wigglesworth how good is his box kick but Conor Murray, don't know. He might just might just be a little bit better. Wiggy's been charged down before. Yeah, it might have been. Oh, Conor, Conor Murray's the best box kicking nine in the world. Yeah, but it is close between him and Wiggy. But I have seen Wiggy charged down maybe once. Yeah, and it was around 2015 training at Old Albanians. Oh, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was the starting team against the Shags, and you were skipper exactly of the Shags. Right, yeah. Um, you know, the Munster 
their intensity in defence absolutely swallowed them up in everything they did. Carberry. Toby, he's had a Toby Carvery. He's had a Toby Carvery. Someone tweeted that, and actually, I was like, actually, that's right. Every time I see Joey Carberry, I'm thinking Toby Carberry. Yeah. I mean, there are other places to eat roasts, <laughs> there are. dinners, but not all you can eat. There are. 26 points, most by an opposition player at King's Home in the professional era. Here we go. You blow my oh, mind. Andy really? Rowe, Andy Rowe would me. never give us that. Yeah. He beat me. In How many did you get? 25? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> There was a bit of inexperience from Gloucester, so the kick through from Carberry, which was a delightful bit of skill, but Hudson's all over the shop at fullback. He sprinted up because they played the short play down back down the short side. They're actually numbered up, which is why Carberry puts the kick through. But then num- Gloucester have got the extra defender because the fullbacks tried Hudson's tried to shoot up, uh, opens the space. Brilliant bit of skill, but yeah, the intercept, the try, the try he gets in the first half. He, he just read the plays and just controlled the game masterfully. And people are going now, oh, going oh, you know, pick him for Ireland ahead of Sexton. Just relax. And, you know, talking about Ireland and 10s, Ross Byrne played really well for Leinster, and we might get into that a bit later. But, yeah, Sexton's the man, but Carberry now, what 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 it's done by him moving to Munster, it's allowed him to control a team and be the go-to guy. And as a 10, when you get given that, get given the reins, get the confidence of a quality team around you, you know, it's his to run and, and rule the roost. And um, he was he was outstanding. Can we talk about the ref or not? Roman Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> did you call him Roman Pratt? Oh, did I? Sorry, it was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> Kick of the balls, uh, penalty. Again, it's so easy to sit here and judge and eat and <laughs> and basically slob around and pass judgment, but you've got to say what you're seeing. And I'm seeing him that he's well below par. Are you adding him for this? No, no, not at all. Of course I'm no, there. Not in the, in the back. Zero, the zero communication at the breakdown, which is the biggest part of the game of ruggers. There's more yeah. contact situations. There's more rucks in the game than there are other facets. Line out, scrums, whatever. That that is the most important part where there needs to be an understanding. But that is a difference between the French refs and other refs, isn't it? They they sort of say, we're not, we're not your coach. We're not going to tell you what to do. They... Is that a cultural difference? But but this is the thing. There's so many different ways that you can look at a rook, isn't there? In terms of how long you can be on the ball for. You look at Ty Burns first turnover that he was pinged for in that game. He has turned the ball over there and the Gloucester player, I don't know who the Gloucester player was, is holding on and he's got it. And if you're a player, you're like, I've got the ball here. going to be a penalty for me. And he gives the penalty to Gloucester for him holding on to the ball and not releasing. Now, if that's a closer game and it's three points in front of the sticks... You know that that's that's the difference, isn't it? In terms of making big decisions, is it a case of knowing your ref, knowing he's going to be like that, or is it? Do you think no, it's a case that he's not good enough? You do, you no, do, no, you do it, know it, that he's like that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. The, the issue is now. Imagine you're Ty Burn and you're over the ball with your scrum cap on. There's a ruck. There's shouting and screaming. The fans are going wild. Yeah, you're sat there. You ain't got a clue where the ref's giving you the penalty. If he's not saying anything, if he goes hands off and ball is it like hands off straight away, even if you think you're right. As a player, you're coached to whatever the ref says at a breakdown, follow his instructions because if the ref says hands off ruck, don't matter whether you think you won the ball or not, you've got to let go of it. At least you know. And mm. then if you don't let go of it and he gives a penalty against you, then the coach goes, he said hands off ruck. But yeah, you're right. French refs don't do that. And this is where you know, we talk about the best referees in the world are the refs that are cool, calm, collected, communicate with the players in a way that's clear, concise, precise, and everyone gets what's happening. And um because the game, it's not an easy game, is it, to referee? We know that. You see the scrums, you see, you know, the TMO coming in now, fans getting frustrated about that, and, you know, the, the pundits and even the players. The game of rugby is a, is a detailed game. It's a complex game, and situations like that, I think there needs to be some common ground. Breakdown, 
the regulations need to be that you need to help communicate with the players. You look at Wayne Barnes was in there, Luke Pearce, you know, clearly Nigel Owens, these guys, the best referees in the world, they're not coaching the players. They're just saying, guys, it's hands off now. You know, two seconds has gone. Yeah. Okay, hands we're, fa- we're favouring the attacking team. Like, and you have that ref. Some some referees favour the attacking team. They penalise the attacker for not rolling away more than other referees. But to say nothing and just be like Jue, you I just don't think you can you can do that. No. You mentioned Ross Byrne before Goody. Leinster v Toulouse was arguably the game of the weekend. Ridiculous number of tackles. 118 tackles Toulouse made in that first half. What do you yes. make of that? Well, I mean, just imagine if Devon Toner was playing. How much shit they've gone through the they're, they're missing their best player, Devon Toner. Where Jim? was Sexton? <laughs> Who's in the stands? In the stands. Why? In the stands. Injured. Just shows their way. Your best and your worst players injured, <laughs> not playing. Um, they had loads missing, didn't they? Sean O'Brien missing. James yeah. Lowe. James Lowe. Eight internationals Carney. missing. There you go. Eight internationals and you still beat Toulouse. But that's the beauty of it, isn't it? In Ireland, you've got the big squads. You've only got four provinces. You know, and everyone keeps banging on about oh, the English teams. English team, there's 12 of them, so we're spread thinner and you're in a more intense competition. But Leinster, we've we've spoken about it on here a lot, haven't we? They sent Leinster under-14s to the Dragons and they put 50 points on them, didn't they, in the Pro 14? <laughs> Leinster, no matter who plays, are quality. But yeah, to be fair to Toulouse, they knew that they could go to Leinster, you know, put a decent shift in, but they're still playing Bath in the last game at home to qualify. Ulster Racing as well? Hell of a win for Ulster, that. 20 years since they won the trophy. Are they contenders again? Uh, I think contenders is perhaps a little bit too much at the minute, but anyone going to the Kingspan with the atmosphere like that and my... I I love him. Jacob Stockdale. What a try. I I know he he gets a little bit of luck with the bounce on the ball and stuff, but... He's single as well. He is massive. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I do like him as well. You only like him. I like him, yeah. I'll tell him to his face, Jacob Stockdale, I think I love you. Yeah. But too much? No, not at all. He came on the pod, didn't he? We made his life. He did, very true at the beginning. Uh, KV, did he get on? I think he got on. No, did he, he, he didn't get on. He didn't get on. Yeah. Bless you. We love you too, KV. Yeah, we do love him. So yeah. I, I did I see him. I saw, I saw him knocking about, like, you know, when they scored a try, he's running in. and co- It's just nice to be connected. <laughs> he's done his shift, though, hasn't he? Do you see Jarrah Payne sat with his feet up as well? Yeah, mate, how, rela- how relaxed oh. can you yeah, be? Yeah, he's a Kiwi, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it, what will be will be as a coach. And that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what, you can't what, do anything about it. You might as well just get your feet up, put your hands behind your head and look at Yeah, you look at the difference. Of, of pain and then Patrice Galazzo at the, at the weekend for Toulon who is screaming like a mother beeper at the side of the pitch at his players and you've got Jared Payne is like literally where's the Cuban? Are they contenders? Yeah I mean they certainly will be if they go to Leicester this week and win and they've got to go there and win or get some points to, to guarantee themselves a best runner up. Scarlet's Leicester we're not going to Hammer Leicester again or go into their issues but Oh mate you should have heard what Jim was saying about them off air <laughs> Horrible you are Jim But Ken Owens what a shift. Number eight, here we go. How do you get picked at number eight and when you're a hooker and get man of the match? Unbelievable. What position would you have played? If you didn't play, if you had to do that, play a different position. Twelve. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Crash oh, ball, dear. safe as houses. <laughs> so, but this is the thing. Your modern day hookers, a lot of them could play in the back row or they're converted back row. Yeah, they are. I mean, he's built like a bowling ball, but... Good carrier. Mate, fair play to him. I mean, you're playing against Leicester who aren't playing that well at the minute. Why are you being horrible, Goody? <laughs> what, 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 do you mean th- what do you mean they're not backing up results? Like, why think, are you saying I th- that? I think this is what you're saying, Jim. Yeah, Deeks weren't too happy with me either because Saracen's women are looking for a team manager and I sent him the <laughs> sent him a screenshot <laughs> of the job and he went mad. <laughs> you're horrible, Jim. Well, he you? used to send clips of me running in slow-mo missing tackles. And used to send, <laughs> so I'm, send, I'm sending him jobs. But they've got Phil Blake in now, haven't they? So let's yeah. blame him. 
Right, let's have a quick look ahead to round six then. Which game are you looking forward to most? The big one has got to Monster be... Monster Exeter. I was going to say, the big one has got to be in pool five. Edinburgh beat Montpellier, like you mentioned there. Then the two Scottish teams go through, which I think is Marsev. Why have you just put on a Scottish accent when you're English? <laughs> I'm Scottish, mate. Uh, Marsev. It's Marsev. Oh, the big, uh, two big games. Obviously, that one's massive. But the Munster-Exeter game with everything on the line, Toman Park, the history, Exeter are a team that have underperformed in Europe without a shadow of a doubt over the last few years. And is this their time to say, you know, our old European form is done and dusted? It's going to be tough for Exeter though, isn't it? They're four points behind, so they need to win with a bonus point and deny Munster a bonus point. Not yeah, happening. can't see it happening. Not happening. Well, you say you can't see it happening. Not I, can't, happening. I can't see it happening, but strange things have happened. They and have. it's set up for a, an unbelievable... You, you don't get any better atmospheres than Tone Park, I don't reckon. Right, let's go to the rumour mill, shall we? Any any whispers oh, this week? Big one, big one. Should have announced it last week because it was talk of the talk of the month, if you like, with Goody's friend Dave Ward. Yes, I mate, that's not it. It's going to fucking Carnegie. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about it. it's a rumour. Uh, big rumour: Dave Atwood leaving Bath potentially to go to Sale. Really? I thought he was going to go to France. That's what he told me at the beginning of the season. People can change their minds, Jim. Yeah, they can. They can. I, for me, I would have liked to have seen him in France. Good player, but Sailor got a bit of dollar, didn't they? Well, but another one to sail, Stephen Kitsoff. Yeah, apparently still yeah. delivered. Yeah, I mean he's smart going there. No son, hey, you don't <laughs> need sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. No. he's ginger and white. Not that ginger and white people don't like the sun. I'm not stereotyping. I'm just talking about player welfare. They just burn easier. Yeah, they just burn easier. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's player welfare. Who else we Jack got? Jack Clifford. Where's he off? Off from Quinns. Where to? Potentially Exeter. Chiefs, Ooh. Chiefs, Jim, Jim, Chiefs, Chiefs. Has Don Armand re-signed? He's re-signed, hasn't he? Because I was talking yeah. going to France, but he's re-signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strength in depth. Mm-hmm. Any more? One of your mates, Jim? Alan Dell. Oh, yeah. Alan Dell. Alan Dell. Where's he going? He's going to London Irish. He oh. was going to go to Glasgow. But but I've heard London Irish doubled his salary. Oh. Well, we mentioned Steve Maffey, didn't we? Which Rugby Pass exclusively announced. You know, there's other outlets out there that claim these headline rumours. No. We are the number one rumour mill platform Correct, Jim. in the world. Who else have we got? We had George Cruz on earlier. What were you saying about him? What, George Cruz to Bath? No, I'm joking. <laughs> just um, throwing it out there. George Worth? How much is he worth? We, see, see just, it, uh, Potentially a little trip down the uh, M69. M69. What, why Everyone know so what rude? the M69 why is. Why are so rude? Motorway number 69, Jim. Yeah, I've spent many a day on that. <laughs> yes, we have. The road that links Leicester to Coventry. Right, let's wrap things up then, Goody. The good, the bad and the ugly. What you got for us? Well, it's always nice to report there's been plenty of good this week in the European rugby stakes. And normally everyone talks about the Champions Cup. We're not going to start with the Champions Cup. We're going to start with the Challenge Cup. Really? And one of my old teams, Worcester Warriors, qualified for the knockout stages at the weekend. So tip of the hat to them. You like that, don't you, Jim? No, I don't. And we'll stay in the Challenge Cup to start off with because I know they lost. But Saints and especially Tiamana Harrison getting a hat-trick away at Claremont. And they put in a hell of a performance there. Exeter, loved watching them play yesterday. Uh, Henry Slade and Jack Noel were outstanding. Oli Devoto's offload, ridiculous. Not as good as Bill Matters. We might come to that one later. But a quality offload from Oli Devoto. Uh, Munster and Toby Carberry. Joey Carberry, Toby Carberry, whichever one it is. He was quality. Uh, 26 points. Uh, the most points by an opposition player ever at King's home. Their defence was so intense. Uh, they looked Really well coached, really well organised, a brilliant performance. Ulster beating Rassing uh, at the Kingspan and specifically Jacob Stockdale's try 
What a worldie that was. Uh, he's now top try scorer in the Champions Cup after breaking records in the Six Nations. And, uh, you know, he came on the podcast and he has gone through the roof ever You're since. welcome. Um, Saracens, I thought they were, as we heard earlier, Mark McCall saying they were back to the Saracens of old. Um, Mako was outstanding. Marrow back, but Billy back as well. Tompkins at outside centre. They don't need to make any signings in that position. So uh, I think they're just giving the jersey forever. Tompkins was brilliant. Leave Elliot Daly out, Wasp, please. Um, Leinster, missing Sexton, Carney, Levy, O'Brien, and their best player, Devon Toner. Who's brought out some, a T-shirt. Has he brought it out someone else? The Leinster fans have brought out this T-shirt, and I'm going to get you one. They roll on, don't they? They were brilliant uh, against Toulouse. A proper battle. Loads of intensity. But just seems whoever they pick, they are going to win. Let's go to South Wales, shall we? Ken Owens. Picked out a position at number eight, gets man in the match, scores a brilliant performance by him. But the good this week goes to a collective and an individual, and it's hashtag always Edinburgh. Oh, thank hashtag you. always Edinburgh. Thank you, Goody. But more specifically, Bill Matter and the most ludicrous offload I have ever seen on a rugby field. Loved it. Brilliant performance for Edinburgh over in Toulon, and that bit of stardust from Bill Matter was the difference. So the good this week goes to Bill Matter, his offload, and the Edinburgh troops. Hashtag always Edinburgh. We would get him on the show, but if he gets on the show, there's a, a, a good chance he might get poached. So we don't want to get him on yeah, the show. No, always Edinburgh. Keep him there. Hashtag please. The bad. A little bit of bad this week. Um, one of my old clubs has got a feature early on. Newcastle got hosed away at Montpellier. 45 points to eight. It's been a tough few months for them. Uh, hopefully they can hose another team that's in the bad this week. Toulon. I'll put them in the bad again for a change. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether the listeners get bored by this or the listeners enjoy it, but Toulon are in the bad again. It's their worst ever European campaign. What else was bad? Leon. They haven't won a game in Europe so far this season. Haven't got a point. Haven't got a point. Haven't got a point. That's pretty bad. I haven't got a point, so they're bad at the minute. Gloucester, they're in the bad. They'll be disappointed with their intensity, especially after 30 or so minutes and fell away a bit really there. But the bad this week is going to go to the administrators of kit selections. We've what? seen another kit clash, Jim. What? And the, is there really, is there administrators of kit clashes? Yes. I thought you wanted the job, <laughs> didn't you? You is went that... for the job. You Mate, wanted the job. The way that this podcast is going, good, in the way that you're pissing people off, I could be taking a job like that. So. <laughs> so the bad, another kit clash with Claremont wearing dark blue and Saints wearing black. So the home side changed to white at halftime. What? So whoever's made the decision for the kit clash with Claremont. They looked at it before the game. Claremont, Northampton. Northampton are saying we're playing in our black shirts. Claremont are saying we're playing in our dark blue shirts. And they've gone, yeah, that's fine. You couldn't tell who was who. No wonder it was a tri-fest. No wonder there was tries galore. Claremont changed their kit at halftime, come out in white kit for the second half. We're in a professional game that's 20 years old. Obviously, dinosaurs are making silly decisions like that. Why, so, is, there, why is there typing that kind of job to an older person? I don't know. The, the bad this week goes to whoever decided that Claremont can wear dark blue and Northampton can wear black, and that's okay in this day and age. Terrible decision. So what do you do, sir? Well, i am actually got a really interesting job. I am a person who picks the colours of the kit. I am a kit colour administrator. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's people out there that do it. Well, I'm a joker. And it amazes so me. And the ugly this week, two bits of ugly. The first one, and it doesn't win the ugly, but Albertus Buckle's stamp. Name? Oh, well, no, no, his name's lovely, Albertus Buckle. What? But his stamp. Mr. Buckle. But his stamp on Big Willie, Little Willie Skelton's knee was just massively uncalled for. Not good for the game. That was ugly. But it's not the ugly for this week. Because the ugly is coming out of Ulster and coming out of 
someone's mouth at the Kingsman Stadium, Simon Zebo said he heard some comments that he hopes weren't what he actually heard. But it has been reported that a small, very small section, if not one person, out of the Kingsman crowd at Ulster has st- overstepped the mark, gone to a place where no human being should ever go and potentially chuck some racist remarks out at Simon Zebo, which is very ugly. No place for it in the game. Shocking. Um, and absolutely horrendous. So I hope it hasn't happened, but I hope if it has happened, that person gets reprimanded with as much as they can throw at him and has never seen another rugby round again. Thanks, guys. But how did you find it? That's the big thing, because you were shaking before you come in. <laughs> the Stone Island top was black, and now it's dark black. <laughs> it's his it's his jeans shoe combo that I've gone for. Normally, he comes in trainers and I'm not bothered about it. He's got his best jeans, Smart best shoes, shoes. on. See Basically, job interview, isn't it? Is Andy Rowe back next week? Yeah. I cannot wait to smell that man's cat food breath again. <laughs> and he's got my jacket as well. He's got a jacket for me from New Zealand, so I've been waiting for him to get if back. If it's anything like the jacket that you bought at the end of the Lions tour... It is, the same that, one. From that retro shop. Oh, my. I'd be oh, up. no, it's different. It's not a denim jacket, three-quarter length arms. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Beck loves that one. It's like, Jim, can you just get your shoes on? Just wear the denim jacket, please. <laughs> just your shoes and your jacket? <laughs> just my shoes and my budgie smugglers. <laughs> She's like, you're my man. I'm like, amen, Beck. And thanks to every one of you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod. <laughs>